0: On the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, welcome to Homeschooling in Real Life, the podcast. I'm Fletch.
1: And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel.
0: On the Homeschooling IRL podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we uncover what it means to homeschool in real life.
2: But we're not pragmatists. We're not looking for children who just obey outwardly, I think what we're looking for is children whose hearts have been captivated by the message of good news, who have been changed because of God's love for them in Christ Jesus. And the only way that's going to come about is the Holy Spirit using the gospel to open their eyes.
1: Hey, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra.
0: We want to welcome you to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. That little clip we just heard was Jessica Thompson. And she's going to be our guest a little bit later on in the show.
1: She is. I'm excited.
0: Hey, what else do we have for our listeners tonight?
1: Well, we have a great contest uh, available to our listeners if they hop on over to our blog because Jessica's going to be giving away a signed copy of her newest book. A signed copy? Yes. That's so cool. I know. We're hey, cool.
0: we have a, a really fun show. One of our uh, most popular segments coming up later is what?
1: Q&A with K&A.
0: That's awesome. That's where we, uh, we rapid-fire questions to one another and giggle at our stupid answers. <laughs> so, hey, keep listening to tonight's podcast podcast and uh, we'll have a lot of fun together Mm -hmm. you know kench typically we like to talk a little bit before we bring our guests on Mm -hmm. but uh tonight why don't we do something a little different okay why don't we go straight to the interview now and when we're done talking to jess then we'll come back and share some thoughts in closing sounds great Hey, this is Fletch, and we're excited to be online with Jessica Thompson. Kendra, um, this is like an interview we've been looking forward to for a while.
1: We have. Jessica is the uh, co-author with her mom, Elise Fitzpatrick, of a book we have absolutely loved called Give Them Grace.
0: Give who grace?
1: <laughs> well, probably everyone.
0: Give everyone. <laughs> everyone.
1: <laughs> but, <laughs> but in particular, our children and our, and our family members
2: our so, children yeah our, our kids okay. so
0: hey <laughs> what we'd like to do first uh just so our listeners get to know uh, you Jess maybe just uh give us a quick intro as to who yeah. you are where you are where are we talking to you in the world right now
2: okay so I am Jessica Thompson I am Elise Fitzpatrick's daughter and we live in San Diego real close to San Diego north of it um
0: so far, I'm on board. I love San Diego. So.
2: <laughs> I'm telling you. I don't know what you guys' weather is like right now, but we are 80 degrees, and oh. it's like, yeah, supposed to be winter, and flip-flops and shorts, it's my favorite. All now that, stuff. in, in case
0: people are listening to this, like, in the history of podcasting, we're recording a couple days after Christmas, <laughs> yeah. so that means a lot more now that people understand <laughs> that.
2: Yeah, yeah. so uh, my mom and I wrote Give Them Grace. Gosh, I think it has been three years now ago, Uh, we just trying to figure out how to infuse grace into our parenting. Uh, We had been hearing about and believing the message of the gospel of good news for ourselves and in our lives, and we thought, how do we give this to kids? How do we talk about grace with children? Because it seems like all we do talk about with our kids is the rules, and what they should be doing. Uh, and so often we forget what has been done for them. And oh. We weren't sharing that message with them. So we started on a journey to write the book and try to figure out how do we do that in our parenting. It was definitely not the way I was raised. My mom was very uh, legalistic, moralistic with us, and she would freely admit that today. And, you know, we all just kind of We had one of us, there's three children, so uh, one of us was like, I'm definitely not doing any of that, and Mm. sort of went his own way. And then I was, uh, then there's me who said, I'm going to do all that outwardly, but it wasn't what was in my heart at all. So I went to Bible college, I was leader of a youth group, I did everything, missions trips, short-term mission trips, everything that a good Christian little girl would do. Uh, outwardly but inwardly my heart was far from God and I knew that. I wasn't I would didn't think I was a Christian. I thought I just wanted to make my parents happy, my grandparents happy, my great great grandparents happy. Everyone's missionaries, mm-hmm. everyone's pastors, everyone's everything in the church. So I thought the easiest way to gain approval and to keep everybody off my back would be to just do what I knew they wanted me to do. Wow. And then when I was in Bible college, The Lord just arrested my heart. I was actually in Bible college during pre-service prayer, which normally would sleep through. And it was mandatory. (laughs) And uh, one day, God just, I don't even know what happened. It was like the quickening, (laughs) a quickening ray enlightened my cell and just took my eyes opened them. I mean, pried them open because I didn't even care. And I walked out of that pre-service prayer, uh, with faith in Christ and, uh, believing what he had done for me was all I needed. And that was not me looking for him. That was not me caring at all. And, uh, just showed me how everything I did was for the approval of others. And I, all I needed was him. So that's kind of my journey and then uh you know started raising kids and was pretty moralistic with them too up until probably they were toddlers and then started seeing that the gospel applied to parenting (laughs)
0: Ah.
2: shocker of all shockers um
0: well that's ah. cool that's a lot uh that's a lot about what we talk about here on homeschooling in real life uh Mm -hmm. we think there are a lot of opportunities for homeschoolers to talk about how to do it, how to do it right, how to do it the right way. And there's a lot of voices out there, at least historically, that have been saying that. So one of the reasons homeschooling in real life has taken off as a podcast is we were awakened to something we call gospel amnesia. That's just Uh a a term we started throwing around here and how we woke up to uh, uh, the other ideas. We, We saw a lot of a lot of people being lifestyle evangelists. Yeah. So they, they were willing to evangelize about why their family was big, why their family <laughs> homeschooled, all these different uh-huh. things they'd be willing to talk about. But uh-huh. no one was really willing to talk about um what God had done um and what God was doing in their lives. Right. Right. <clears throat> so uh that's you're you're barking up the right tree with us. That's exactly where <laughs> we are. And that's exactly why we've, you know, Called you and asked you to be a part of this. So I have a question right off the bat. Uh, We're all Mm -hmm. about controversy. No, we're not actually. (laughs) Good. I love
2: controversy. We're, we're, we're all about
0: real life. So, so here I'm going to play the, the part of the skeptic because, you know, a lot of things we've heard, uh, Kendra and I have heard is when you dwell too much on grace and that's what you titled your book, you know, give them grace. The Mm -hmm. problem, you know, we've heard it along the lines. Well, you know, the problem with grace is that, and then fill in the blank. You, you're not, you're not focusing on, you know, certainly there's something to do. Certainly there's a behavior we're supposed to have. Uh, have you, have you received any pushback in that way?
2: Oh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we've definitely received pushback. Um, I guess the way that I would answer that and the way that we do answer that is, you know, you're, you can change your child's behavior a thousand different ways. You know, I'd, every every once in a while I hear on the radio, have a new child in 25 days if you call and get this book. It's a <laughs> legitimate book about how to change your child in like 30 days or something like that. And those things might work. Uh, you know, you may be able to manipulate or um, bribe or uh, trick your kids <laughs> into into a certain behavior. Um, And if that's all you're looking for, then you don't need to talk about grace. By all means, don't talk about it. If all you're looking for is a kid that is compliant and obeys, then go out and buy a book that talks about uh, how to change your child in 30 days. New A new kid in 30 days. Go out and buy that book. And it might work for your family. It really might. But we're not pragmatists. We're not looking for children who just obey outwardly. I think what we're looking for is children whose hearts have been captivated by the message of good news who have been changed because of God's love for them in Christ Jesus. And the only way that's going to come about is the Holy spirit using the gospel to open their eyes. So do you talk about grace too much? Uh, I don't know if there is a too much, in my opinion, there's not. Um, I think that you can get compliant children a hundred different ways, but there's only one way for a child to be saved. There's only one way for a child's heart to be turned to Christ, and that's the Holy Spirit opening their heart, opening their eyes to the, the message of good news, to the message of grace.
0: That's good. You know, I remember, I don't know if it was a uh, an author or a speaker I heard one time who said, you know, to a pastor, said, pastors... If your church is begging you for more law, then obviously they don't understand grace yet. Right. You know, and and that's what they need more of. And and I'll tell you right now, that's even when I think I get it. Uh it's kind of like the C.S. Lewis uh higher up and further in, is that it? I always Mm -hmm. get this wrong. Mm -hmm. Higher up, further in. Yeah, there's more. There it's deeper. There's more. Keep going, keep pressing. You're gonna find more. Uh, and, and we were, we we're talking with another family, uh, online for this interview where we talked about, talk more about love. Just when yeah. I think I've got the love of God, there's more to it.
2: Absolutely. So, so we'll never, I mean, it's what we're going to be spending eternity doing, right? Getting, getting to the point, getting to the depths, exploring the riches of, of God's love. We'll, we'll never get to the end of that. I mean, that's, that's what we'll be doing for eternity. And Society is real good about getting kids to obey, you know, in public schools, you have the five pillars of character traits that everybody wants to exemplify and uh, you can go to any sort of, um, any religion and and they're going to teach you love God, which is very vague and they're going to teach you uh, be a good person. All these things, none of that gets to the heart, which is you're a desperate sinner in, in need of a very strong savior and you need grace everything else is try hard work hard do better uh don't stop never give up <laughs> and you'll be all you want to be you'll realize all your dreams and it just all that is is putting confidence in the flesh which is exactly the opposite of what the bible tells us to do mm.
1: Yeah, and actually, this reminds me um, also of a discussion we had um, a couple of episodes ago when we were talking about homeschooling saving our kids. Very mm. tongue in cheek, of course. Right. right. But um, this, Wait a I- what
0: again? Homeschooling, homeschooling will not save your kids. That's no. what you're saying. Okay. Homeschooling will That's not. That's what we save said during kids. the episode. I just want to make sure mm-hmm. we're still on board for that. Right. Jess, you're, you know that, right? Hi. You're totally
1: almost okay. with that. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and and actually what's funny now, you know, you got me down another little rabbit trail because that's something I, I try to say in every single workshop I do at homeschool yes. conventions that I love that we have chosen to homeschool. It's brought about some wonderful things in our family. It's a great tool. Yeah. It but is. it will not save our children. And if we are putting our hope in that tool, then we've Mm -hmm. just created an idol and put ourselves into further bondage. But what I was going to say about that last episode is we talked a little bit about the fact that um, homeschoolers have tended to think that if we pull them out of public school, what we're doing is we're we're protecting them and insulating Mm -hmm. them from from the sin of the world and from other children who aren't raised, being raised the way our children are. But the truth Mm is our children need to be saved from themselves
2: Absolutely,
1: <laughs> They are just as great a sinner as I am, as the child next door, as the teacher right. in the public school. And, and so we can change the um, environment. We can change. And some of those things are great tools. And, and we all know right. when some of those things need to be done.
2: Okay. However,
1: if we're looking to those um, outward things, if we're looking to changing a child's behavior, if we're looking to some method or some tool to be our hope for the child, ultimately, it's just going to be bankrupt because it's not the gospel and it's not freedom.
2: Right. I think we all are so, right, we're all so scared of our kids going off the rails. Yeah. You know, we just, with everything in us, um, there's a couple reasons. Number one, it's painful for them. We don't want them to experience that. I think another reason, which maybe many parents don't want to say out loud, is we're embarrassed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm Um,
0: I would think so for sure.
2: Yeah. So in order to prevent that, we want people to think they're good kids. We want them to be good kids. I mean, we do. We want people to think they're good kids. And so, and an extension of that is we want people to think we're good parents. And so we try our hardest to control everything. And it's like, if if we think if we, we can just control their circumstances, then somehow all those things will come true. You know, God doesn't place that burden on us. He's too kind and too loving to say, you be the perfect parent and you're going to get great kids. He just loves us too much because he knows. He knows we're going to screw up at the perfect parent part. (laughs) Oh, Yeah. yeah. And so he would never do that to us. It's just not in his character. No, he also doesn't want us to rely on ourselves. Again, here we're talking about putting confidence in the flesh. If I can put confidence in my methods... Then all of a sudden I'm going to get what I want. God's not a magic genie. He doesn't. It's not tit for tat. It's not you do this, I'll do this. It's it's all been done in Christ already. So what you can do is live in freedom, knowing that your relationship with God is secure. It is not dependent on how good of a parent you are or what type of children you raise. Yeah. Um, his love for you is eternal. It's deep. It's, again, like what we're saying, beyond anything we'll ever comprehend. And when we're there, when we're in that, sitting in that, then we are free to love our kids without trying to control them so that we feel good about who we are as parents. We're free to make decisions that maybe other people might not like for their family because we're secure in our relationship with Christ. Um, It's freedom, like you were saying, Kendra. It kind of just flips everything over yeah. Yeah. and it's more of a okay. I can rest now because of what he's done, and I don't have to work so hard to get this perfect life that doesn't really exist outside of heaven, which I can't wait for. By the way,
0: <laughs> yeah. well, I think uh, you know we hear every week um, from from feedback through social media and on our uh, email that people are just saying, "Wow, you know, thank you so much for sharing what you've been sharing on right. homeschooling in real life," because. Um, these are words I'm not hearing at homeschooling conventions. Absolutely. Uh, I'm not hearing these historically, you know, through the books. Yeah. It's always been mm-hmm. about, well, I think first part, um, it, we know that, uh, homeschoolers have always felt they had a, a bit of a chip on their shoulder from people who are saying, Oh, you think you can do this at home? So right. there's this idea that I have to perform because right. so many people are watching me. Right. And then, and then within the homeschool community and within the Christian homeschool community, there is this idea that, well, I'm I'm watching what they're doing, and I want to, you know, I don't want anybody to think we're, you know, we're not doing it right or we're not doing right. it well. So I think all what you were just saying about, you know, being worried about other people's opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, if your kids go off the rails, those are a part of it. So so again, people listening to this episode might be saying, I've never heard this before. You know, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like when we woke up to gospel amnesia. It, uh-huh. As soon as I heard that Jesus did it all and you can uh-huh. stop trying, I was like, uh-huh. oh, that's right. I uh-huh. forgot that. Uh-huh. So maybe someone right now is listing that. Now, let's let's talk. And I'm going to point to the two of you as homeschool moms because, uh, you know, all homeschool dads go to work all day. And they, <laughs> <laughs> they, um, but as moms in the home specifically, not even homeschool moms, but as moms in the home, what does it practically look like? to give your children grace. Mm. What is that? You know, you have dishes to be done. You have a room that needs to be cleaned and, you know, junior and princess aren't going to listen to you. Get it, you know, get it right the first time, right?
1: Not in my house. Yeah. So, I mean, we know we have, we're raising, uh,
0: what do we say? We're raising uh, Pharisees, right? (laughs) We are Pharisees, Pharisees raising, raising Pharisees. Pharisees. Um, We have little kids that will come up and say, yeah, I mean this morning, yeah, Mm. job's all done. And I come around the corner and say, well, no, job's not done. Yeah. Now, what does parenting or what is uh, loving them in grace, what does that look like? What does it look like? What does it look practically for you, Jess? What does that look like in your home?
2: Well, I think in our home it looks like um, me being a flawed parent who loses their temper a lot <laughs> and <laughs> it is able to then come back and ask for forgiveness. It looks like kids who uh, lie and... You know, don't do what they're supposed to do. And then later on, we can come back and talk about those things. And uh, we, can, we can see our need for a savior. I, I think that's what, what it looks like in our home. What is giving our children grace? What is living in a life that's saturated with grace look like? It, it looks like you're a failure who needs a savior. I mean, I've already said that, but that's what it looks like. It looks like I can say to my kids, oh, baby. I just yelled at you. And um, I'm a failure. (laughs) I I sin against you every day. And yet God is so kind to me. And his kindness leads me to repentance. His outstretched arm of forgiveness, his love towards me leads me to repentance. So I can come to you humbly and say, you know, I yelled at you. And for instance, let me just, I'm just going to be real honest and We'll let it all out. Two or three mornings ago, I can't remember which, um, we have a dog that, of course, is not mine, right? I didn't want the dog. Hey,
0: we have one of those dogs. Kendra <laughs> has one of those dogs.
2: <clears throat> Matter of fact, right before we went
0: on the air with you, I was yeah. told about my dog.
2: <laughs> Why is
0: your dog whining? And I exactly. had to go deal with my dog. That's awesome.
2: Exactly. Actually, that was what I said to my kids right before. I'm like you keep that dog quiet. <laughs> um, so every morning around six or six, mm, sometimes five thirty-six, she starts whining, mm. wants to go out. Of course, I'm the only one that will get up and take her out <laughs> ever. Um, mm. And so the other morning this happens and it's, it's during Christmas break. So we're not having to get up early and I, I'm thinking I'm going to sleep in tomorrow and someone's going to have to get up and take that dog out. And of course, that's just a pipe dream so she starts whining I get up I see my husband's kind of stirring in the bed and I'm starting to get angry at him because I know he can hear the dog and he knows how much I hate getting up and so it's like I'm having looking. a baby all
1: over again isn't it
2: well, it's awesome <laughs> and it's not even a baby you want I don't <laughs> want a dog I really don't okay so I get up I'm slamming doors shocking I know Because I'm uber spiritual. No, I'm like slamming doors, making my point to my husband. Okay, get up, take the dog out. I'm angry the whole time, just furious that I'm having to do this. Walk back in and my daughter wakes up, which she was probably like, she probably saw in my eyes and was like, oh dear, run back to bed. She comes out as I walk in the door and she's like, oh, it looks like the dog threw up. And apparently the dog but, had thrown up all over the carpet before I took her out. Wow. I just turned and looked at her because it's yeah. her dog. And that poor girl, I mean, I was just, you know, how. <laughs> I, I, I know, know.
0: man, her boy, dog. you are yeah. preaching to the choir here. I know. I yeah. get the and text now- message when I'm at work saying the dog <laughs> threw up. <laughs> yeah.
2: And now i got to clean your dog's throw up. I don't yep, this dog. This, I'm, I'm going to go take this dog and I'm going to let it out and I'm just going to take it off the leash and tell it to go because I'm sick of taking <laughs> care of it, right? And she's just standing there like she hasn't said a word to me except, oh, no, it looks like the dog threw up. That's it. So she goes, you know, like crawls back into her room and shuts the door very quietly hoping that I get over my rage. And then probably 20 minutes later, my oldest son wakes up and comes out and I'm sitting down. And this is my time. I'm supposed to read my Bible and pray and be a holy spiritual person. And I'm so mad. <laughs> and I'm mad that I'm mad. And I, why do I act like that? Why did I slam doors like a four year old? Why am I screaming at my daughter? It's not her fault. You know, the whole thing. And he comes over and he comes and sits next to me and he puts his head on my shoulder and he's just like, I love you. And I mm. thought, That was Lord. (laughs) That is on the cheek from my Heavenly Father who comes to me and says, In the middle of this, right here, right now, where you're like flames shooting out of your eyes, steam coming off the top of your head, I love you. Right in the middle of it. Mm. And when He shows me that, it's like, oh, okay, here's where the grace in practice, grace in real life comes into play. Then I walk back to my daughter and I say, I am a sinner. I sinned against you by being angry and by taking out my anger on you and saying words that I knew would hurt you. I said them to you on purpose. Mm -hmm. And I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I understand uh, what it's like to be a desperate sinner that needs a Savior. So please forgive me and Um, pray with me and pray for me that I wouldn't think that anger is the way to solve things. Hmm. And she sees that and we're able to talk and I can tell her about how my older son came over to me and hugged me and I can tell her how that's an extension of God's love towards our whole family and we're able to talk about it. And to me, that's that's what grace feels like in real life. So then later on when she's angry about something and she does the exact same thing I did to her that morning, I can say to her, baby, remember the other morning when I did this to you and remember how God showed us that it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And then we can talk about it. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's what it looks like. It looks like honesty. It looks like messiness, but it looks like his kindness just kind of taking that whole mess and making something beautiful out of it. That's what grace and family looks like to me. Well, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, that's fabulous. Thank you.
0: Hey, Fletch here, and I just want to take a quick break in our interview with Jessica to remind you that Kendra and I really want to connect with you. And the best place to do that is at homeschoolingirl.com. On our website, you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and you can email directly to the two of us. You can also subscribe to our site, and you'll never miss another blog post or podcast episode. So hop on your favorite computer and go to homeschoolingirl.com and we'll see you there. All right, Kench, how about you?
1: Well, I know that the one question I'm often asked whenever I talk about what a gracious home is like or what grace um, parenting little ones from a place of grace or homeschooling from a place of grace looks like, um, and and honestly, Jessica, for me, it's been more of a change in my own thinking and my own heart. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that it's necessarily like we've switched methods. You know, it's not yeah. really anything yeah. that I can put my thumb on and say, well, instead of this, we do this. But right. I know that the the switch in thinking occurs exactly the, the way you described it in your home, that I, I now can look at a situation and say, wow, I, I am a Pharisee raising a Pharisee. And we need right. to go before the throne of grace and say, um, we blew it here and, and we're going right. to walk this long road together and we're going to choose to love one another. And I'm going to choose to extend grace. That, that doesn't mean I'm not disciplining children. It doesn't mean there isn't a Absolutely. consequence. Um, right. we had an awesome one yesterday when we discovered our six and five-year-old boys were peeing on their bedroom wall. <laughs> 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 yeah, that was a oh, great moment, amazing. and they they were disciplined. I mean, you know, right. they sat on chairs in our bedroom for the next I don't know eight hours. I goes,
0: I, I've I've considered putting urinals in their bedroom. <laughs> Just figure, why not just just join them? You
2: have to admit, the whole urinal thing is very confusing. It's on a wall. You're supposed to pee there. I right. mean, it's really not their fault. Oh, are right. you kidding it's me? Just... When
0: you're six years old, it's like you're peeing into a waterfall. It's a fantastic <laughs> experience. They're like, this is great.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And, you know, so of course there's still discipline. Of course there are still consequences to the choices that we, we all make, you know, the consequence for you in that moment of losing your, your temper with your child. You know, I always tell my kids, I wish, I wish I could get a spanking. I wish I could get a timeout because when you're an adult and God (laughs) disciplines you, it just is so, ah, just, you know, just wrenches your heart. You think I did it yeah. again, Lord, I, you know, I need you so badly. And I think that that's really um, been the difference in our home is, is how I view uh, my mothering and, and how my identity is not wrapped up in that anymore. You know, it's, that's it's good. in Christ. Yeah. absolutely. Jessica, what do you often, what do you often ask her? What are some of the things, I mean, you said that you do um, come up against people saying that you know, oh, all you camp on is grace or whatever. So, what are some common, some common uh, objections or um, issues that come up out of having writ- written that book?
2: You know, a lot of people are confused about how to do this with little kids because uh, you can't. You know, we always joke about you can't in the middle of Walmart with a two-year-old tell them about you know propitiation and how Jesus' <laughs> wrath has been poured out, or God's wrath has been poured out on Jesus. So, how do you do this with little ones? That's a big question. Um, how do you give grace to little ones when really it, it's a matter of training them? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of our answer to that is, well, yes, you can give. You can talk to them about this. as simple. As a, you're a you're a savior, and you need a rescuer. It, it's as simple as that. Two year old, three year old. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You do have to train your children, like you were saying. I think a lot of people think, oh, you're going to give them grace and no consequences. No. Grace grace doesn't forbid correction at all. Right. Um, grace absolutely encourages correction. You, you need to be able to tell your children, here's the way to live. But it, it's understanding the right, it's understanding the rules in the right place. The rules aren't meant to save your children.
1: Mm-hmm
2: the rules are meant to show your children they need a savior. So that's a switch for us. You know, I think our whole goal was oh if they're good they're saved. No. They're that that that's the cart before the horse. Once they're saved, hopefully the fruit of their life will be that they love Jesus and are more obedient. Um so a lot of people ask how do you do that with little kids? And again, I mean we just say the Holy Spirit doesn't look at a two-year-old and say, too young, not going to enliven their heart. Sorry.
1: Mm -hmm. That's
2: not how he works. So he can, he can use your words no matter how old they are to change their hearts and to open their eyes to the truth of the gospel. Uh, And it also, you know, again, it's, oh, you, another thing we get a lot is, oh, you're just telling them to say, you just want to say to them, it's not important to be good. It's important to love Jesus. And we get that a lot. So then it's like, well, again, it really isn't important necessarily to be good. That's not the point, (laughs) right? The point is not for your kids to be good. The point is for your children to fall in love with Jesus. And then that produces fruit. Um, so to answer that one, well, yeah, kind of, you're right. <laughs> the point yeah. isn't to be good. Do Is it good for our neighbors? Is it good for society if we train our children so that they're upstanding citizens? Absolutely. We don't need kids peeing on walls everywhere, Right. if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So <laughs> is,
0: Unfortunately, we don't.
2: is that, yeah. a, is that <laughs> a good thing to train your kids not to pee on walls? Yes, it's a good thing. But does it depend, does that make make them saved or not saved? No, it doesn't. Um, and so, showing people that fine line right there—it's good for society. It's good for our house if we follow God's rules. Even if their heart's far from God, we still ask these things of you. So, in our house, you'd never touch someone out of anger ever.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, is that a good rule? Yes. If they follow it, doesn't it mean they're saved. No. And that kind of to us is where there's been a change. Right, so we're not placing so much on how they. It's not just about how they act. It's about okay, do you see how you need Jesus here? Mm-hmm. Do you see how mommy needs Jesus here? Do you see how daddy needs Jesus here? And when we uh, can admit our neediness, our failures, again, it's there's freedom. Uh, then we're able to be real with our children. Real with each other, real with other parents, which is one thing, Kendra. I really appreciate about what you guys do, um, your honesty, the grace that God's given you to believe that your identity is rooted in Christ, and you're able just to be like, "Here's our life." <laughs> um, I love that. I love that He's worked that in you. I love that He's working that in you through difficult circumstances, and I really appreciate uh, your honesty and sharing your life with all of us who have homeschooled and are homeschooling.
0: You know, one of the things that church, uh, the pastors at our church talk about is that they're the chief confessors. Yeah. And that, that, what, what I've seen, uh, cause I haven't been in a church like that for a forever that I can think of, mm-hmm. um, yeah. what that breeds is, uh, lay leadership that models confession. Right. Um, dads moms husbands and wives who model yeah. confession and then when we get down to the community group level suddenly you have a leader of a community group that says man i got to start with confessing yeah <laughs> you know, this is reality yeah. and then suddenly the church is living in reality and uh, right. i i'm so excited that that starts you know with our at least in our church and leadership and that's yeah. something i think is missing in homeschool families mm, you have these perfect parents Mm -hmm. who never show a weakness Mm -hmm. to their kids. And now what do we have? We have entire, you know, we have uh, movements Mm -hmm. of ex homeschool kids who who just had it with the hypocrisy. Right. They're like, forget it. I'm out of here. I don't want to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things we want to do with this podcast and our blog and website is just encourage parents to say, like you were saying earlier, I screwed up, you know? And, and not just that, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I, I really need to apologize because I screwed up. Right. Um, Right. So. uh,
1: And what's interesting, um, because we have these two adult sons now who were raised for a long time in an environment of, um, of rules and rigidity and behaviorism, you know, um, and what we're finding is that as we're more confessional, as we're more honest, as we're, as we bear ourselves, full on in our Phariseeism, you know, to them mm-hmm. rather than trying to, to communicate that, you know, we've really got it all together or whatever, um, is that our relationship with them has gotten better. It's gotten right. closer. They haven't rejected right. us or walk, walked walked right. away from us because we are less than perfect. It's actually made them say, oh, awesome. My parents just yeah. kept pointing me to Jesus. Oh, I can right. point my parents to Jesus because I need them to point me to Jesus too.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's so interesting. We want to hide. We just all of us want to hide. No one wants to admit how bad they really are. (laughs) I mean, still. Right. So Adam and Eve in the garden hiding. And then when God's like, hey, found you, then it's blame shifting. Right. (laughs) Um, No one wants to admit our utter depravity, our failure as people. Uh, Because our identity is so wrapped up in, if I can just be good enough, I'm okay. And Christ is just like, strip it all. I am your righteousness. Mm. I am your okayness. All that blame that you're shifting, put it on me. Because that's what God did, right? He took all of our blame, put it on Christ. And so we get all the blessings that he deserves. And I do think the more we're honest about that, you know, how desperately we need Jesus, uh, the closer we are with people, we don't have to hide anymore. We don't have to pretend anymore. You know, again, it's messy when you're honest about who you really are. It gets messy,
1: mm, but absolutely, uh,
2: you can also rely more, be more grateful for, find a deeper joy in what Christ has actually done for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What a treat to have, uh, jessica online with us and what a great interview that was for our listeners um Mm. if people want to hear more about you from you yeah uh where would they find you online or in well we don't want Uh people to find you in real life apparently if you're in (laughs) listeners or if you are in san diego county and there's a woman throwing a dog out of the side of a car you have found jessica thompson
2: it's totally me oh that's funny where would they find you Um, online so, uh, www, that's so hard. Why don't we have something to make up for that? Like instead of www, like <laughs> W Oh
0: wait, we had a, we had somebody online that said dub, dub, dub.
1: That's right. She
2: did. Okay. Dub, dub, I'll dub. try that. I mean, I, I feel like it's going to sound a little weird cause it's not my deal, but I'm going to try it. Dub, <laughs> dub, dub dot give them com is uh, where our speaking schedule is. My mom and I often go out and then my personal speaking schedule is on there also. Um, my Twitter handle is at the Jess Lou. (laughs) I had to put that in there because I'm so famous (laughs) and there are a thousand (laughs) other Jess Lou's out there. Well, you know, we'll even,
0: we'll put that on our, uh, we'll put that in our show notes for people that want to follow you on Twitter as well. So that's good. We'll make sure we get that.
2: Yeah. And also at give them grace is, um, where I, I try to, I run that Twitter account and try to, um, when uh, the mood strikes, <laughs> when the muse is around, when the Holy Spirit works, I try to tweet out just different stuff for parents, and that happens about once a month, so sorry to all those followers. <laughs> um, <laughs> but both of those things is where you can find me again. We'll be speaking uh, lots of different places on Give Them Grace. Florida This year, coming up, we'll be in Florida, we'll be in Colorado, we'll be in San Francisco. Um other places i can't think of right now so on give them grace the website is where you can find our speaking schedule all right yep
0: well hey thanks for being online with us Yeah, oh, thank you
2: guys
1: thanks jessica great chatting with you
2: oh you too kendra
0: all right bye-bye <music> well kenj that was a great interview
1: it
2: was
0: uh, such refreshment to talk to jessica mm-hmm. and I'd, I'd really encourage our listeners to uh, you know, pick up a copy of that book, mm-hmm. or um, just pop on over to her social media and follow along. Uh, some really good stuff uh, comes from her as far as uh, the issue of grace and the gospel. Giving our kids
1: grace—important
0: mm-hmm. topic for homeschoolers to get.
1: Oh, I think it's important for Christian parents. In general, but I think homeschoolers are particularly prone, perhaps, to um, performance-based living.
0: Yeah, I mean, even I said it in the interview, uh, you know, we we kind of have this chip on our shoulder.
1: Mm. You
0: know, we have to prove to our parents, mm-hmm. we have to prove to our grandparents, to our neighbors, In-laws. To, and to anyone <laughs> who, you know, oh, you've decided to homeschool. Right. So we start off, you know, behind the proverbial eight ball. Right. Having to prove ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then, as we we get into homeschooling, suddenly it's about performance, right? And that naturally spills over into our kids. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, we've seen this. Yeah, and I I can think of a couple places uh, we've seen. I mean, it's I think it's rampant in homeschoolers.
1: I mean, oh, you, I do too. And
0: you, you see ministries started sure. on how to. Homeschool the right way.
1: Oh, good grief.
0: They have yeah. everything. I mean, and you we've seen in the early years, mm-hmm. clothing standards. Mm-hmm. We've seen behavioral standards. Mm-hmm. We, you know, that's, that's um, I mean, with Christian homeschoolers, it's which church do you go to mm-hmm. when you're homeschooling?
1: Make sure you're dating by a particular model. Yeah. Oh, and don't call it dating.
0: Yeah, or, you mm-hmm. know, just this. I mean, you, you see this transfer. We've seen this transfer to pressure onto young kids or Mm -hmm. especially young men, Mm -hmm. you know, by 20 years, we were talking to a friend the other night, by 20 years old, man, you should have, you know, $20,000 in the bank. You should be ready to put a down payment on a house. Uh, You should be graduated from college, (laughs) not even just high school, but college. Uh Uh, Just that performance, performance, performance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, over the years uh, we've, we've seen um oh, let's just talk about curriculum pick the right curriculum Ev- everything is driven on this performance base but let's jump ahead then in our story okay cuz I, I don't think we were particularly good at this what about you
1: oh in our own home
0: in the in the early years
1: yeah and i would say you know if you if you are at homeschool co-op or you are at church or awanas or whatever it is your family participates in around other Christians or other homeschoolers, and you are constantly worried that your kids might do something that is stupid, uh, which, you know, 21 years of parenting here, Fletch, our kids do things that are stupid. <laughs> we do things that are stupid. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're going into those situations just constantly worried about your kids' behavior or, or your hackles get up when your kids do something that embarrasses you, um, or they have to be corrected in those settings by another parent. What does that show about you as a as a person? What does that show that you're you're trying to find your sense of value? Or um, is are you living a grace based life that is centered in the gospel that says, "Hey, it's not about behavior."
0: Yeah, I was thinking, you know. I I started this by saying what about those early years because I think we were really bad in the early years. Mm. But you know, we had this awakening to what we call gospel amnesia. Yeah. And and with that came an awakening to wow, we've really been raising our kids in a rules-based environment, a lot like Jess shared about her mom. Um we didn't know it, we didn't see it, Mm-mm. but when we woke up, we saw it. Yeah. So let's let's um go forward, fast forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're, we're in an environment, we're in a church, you know, a couple uh I don't know what, a couple episodes ago we heard uh, our pastor, Jim Applegate, talk about hope shifting, you know, right. we're getting all this great information. Now in that environment where we're steeped in the gospel, mm-hmm. I can remember
2: even,
0: even after getting it, uh, kids being foolish at church and immediately assuming that had, some, you know, it, that was about me. It wasn't about, you know what I'm saying? I was, right. I was immediately putting that on myself. Like, oh, these kids have to behave better so that people don't think I'm blowing it. You know, uh, I pulled that forward yeah. from those years steeped in uh, performance-based parenting. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. and now, um, I mean, we can, let's just share a funny story with, with the, uh, our listeners. I mean, homeschoolers in real life, th- there are things we're going to say on the show that are just going to spin your head like a top and you're going to want to turn us off. This might be one of them, but how old was Christian? Uh, when, when Miss Tessa was teaching his class, so I think it was Miss Tessa.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. When he got,
0: I, they came he, up and talked to us after church. He was,
1: right. He had to have been about four,
0: about four. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we make this change in church and suddenly we're going to, you know, cause originally the first time performance based, man, they were sitting at our side. Mm-hmm. They were stoically quiet in church, uh, books open, taking notes. Even the four-year-old, he'd have to take some sort of notes. I mean,
2: right.
0: you know, that's just what we <laughs> did because that was what we were looking for our kids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're in this new environment. He's in Sunday school. And after church, the school teacher comes up to us and says, you remember the story?
2: <laughs>
1: um, I, I kind of hate to have to tell you guys this, but Christian was saying, damn, in Sunday school. Yeah,
0: so of course I immediately want to know, was this in context of, um beavers building things um, <laughs> or was the word hoover involved? Right.
1: Unfortunately, no, it was the other the other dam yeah, yeah and yeah. and she said, you know it's not that he said it, it's that we'd said, you now you you know you can't you can't use that word in in this classroom, and he said it again. And so later on, you know, of course, we were kind of giggling about it because when we asked him where he heard that word, it was from Indiana Jones, yes, right, right. Corrupting I, our four-year-old.
0: Yeah. We naturally assumed it was from around the house. Right. But <laughs> it was, thankfully it was from Indiana Jones. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, there's an example within church where, you know, suddenly it was like, you know what? It, he's a little guy. He picked up a word that he heard in a movie mm-hmm. that we watch in our home. Right. You know, and, and he was using that. No context for what it was. I would say prior years mm-hmm. I would have been floored. Mm, you know, yeah, and super that, embarrassed. And that kid would have heard about it. Right. And there would have been mm-hmm. a harshness to wow. my discipline so that it never happened again. Um, and does this
1: apply to our marriage? We don't talk a lot about our marriage on this podcast series. We're going to. We are going to. We have a whole episode on marriage. And, and you know, <laughs> I, I, that's a rhetorical question. Does it apply to our marriage? Yeah. I mean, how much do I have to forgive you or you have to forgive me Every day, right? Every day. There's a measure of offense or there's a this or a that where we say, hey, you know what? I'm just going to pour grace out over this one.
0: Hey, um, w- what about our listeners that want to hear a little bit more want to talk a little bit more about
1: this? Yeah. Well, I think you touched on a couple of things. First of all, Gary um, Thomas has also written a book called Sacred Parenting that would be along these lines. Tim Kimmel has written Grace-Based Parenting which is also super helpful. I've read that one twice. Um, Jessica's and Elise Fitzpatrick, her mom, wrote Give Them Grace. That's a great one. Um, And then on the Preschoolers and Peace blog, which is um, the blog that I've written for uh, almost, well, gosh now, yeah, over eight years, uh, preschoolersandpeace.com, I've done quite a lot on the topic of what it looks like to parent, particularly little ones, from a place of grace. Um, I do speak on that topic as well. But next week, uh, following this podcast, I'll have a, just a two-part series on what that what it looks like to homeschool from a place of grace.
0: Hey, great stuff as always. That is how we give them grace. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's take a quick commercial, and then we'll come back and do our Q and A with kA. All right, attention all hurlers, Fletch and Kenj want to meet you in person.
1: Hey, we have an opportunity to do that, coming right up.
0: March 20th through 22nd, we are going to be in Nashville, Tennessee, for the Teach Them Diligently Conference.
1: We are, and how can they find us, Fletch?
0: Uh, If they go into the meeting hall and shout at the top of their lungs, (laughs) Fletch, I'm here. I will hear that and I will come find them.
1: Wow. Super well, impressive. Let's find
0: a little more subtle way.
1: There's just like thousands of people at this conference. How
0: about if they just look for us in our cool Homeschooling in Real Life t-shirts? Sounds cool. Big red dot yep. that says H-I-R-L. And we'll say on the front, Homeschooling is a buzzkill.
1: Right. And unless we recruit others, um, there will just be two of us. Yes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so we would like to connect with you at this conference. Hey, if you'd like to hear Kendra speak, she has a few
1: topics. I do. Um, I'll be speaking on preschoolers and peace, homeschooling older kids with success while loving the little ones at your feet. I'll also be doing a workshop on science for moms who don't like science. That would be neat. Yeah, science. <laughs> I do. And then the last workshop I'll be doing is called Practical Classical, which is homeschooling classically uh, multiple ages in your home.
0: Hey, when Kendra is speaking, why don't you come find me, and uh, we'll have some coffee together.
1: It's like my
0: favorite thing to do. Teach them diligently, March 20th through 22nd, Nashville, Tennessee. We will see you there. Okay, it's now time for what we like to call Q&A with k I have two questions. Are you ready, Kenj? Yeah. All right, I first think- question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> First softball. Okay. Would you rather go 100 years in the future or 100 years in the past?
1: Hmm. 100 years in the future. Why is that? Uh, Well, medical advancements. And, okay, I'm a woman, and as a woman, there's just a lot of things that are better now than they were in 1914. Childbirth is better now than in 1914.
0: So you're going to go forward and have a baby. Awesome. No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. Next question.
1: No, because in a hundred years I'd be one hundred and forty-three. Okay. Okay.
0: You're not going to be alive. All right. Next question. Mm-hmm. This is a little more pop culture. Down navi. Would you be? Would you rather be part of the upstairs crew or the downstairs crew?
1: Well, while I like the clothing of the upstairs crew, I think I'd have a lot more fun downstairs.
0: So downstairs. Yes. All right.
1: All right. So my questions are a little deeper. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Would you like to know the day of your death? No. <laughs> Why not?
0: I don't want to know when I'm going to die. I just want to live. I don't want to know the day I'm going to die. I don't think, think about, anybody like, wants to know that.
1: You could plan your last meal and it would be awesome.
0: I could live every day like it's my last.
1: That's what I will choose to do. <laughs>
0: okay. Tonight was my
1: last meal. Oh, I'm oh. sorry. <laughs> Salmon <laughs> and eggs. Scrambled eggs, I know. Um. Okay, uh, Next question. Would you rather spend the rest of your life in prison or be executed?
0: Easy. I'd rather be in prison.
1: <laughs> really? Yes.
0: There's a lot of stuff you can do in prison.
1: <laughs> like, like, what are you thinking you, you could can do exercise, in prison? Oh, you can exercise. Oh, my goodness.
0: You can write a book. <laughs> you can get married to your cellmate. <laughs> Those are plenty of things you can do.
1: Oh, yeah. There's plenty of things you can do in prison.
0: <laughs> if you choose execution, it's like knowing the day I'm going to die. So both of those questions were technically the same. Okay. Yeah. Hey, there it is. Q&A with... K&A. We also want to get you excited for our next episode. You know, a few months ago on Facebook, there was a, uh, a viral post going around called How to Raise a Pagan in a Christian Home. And uh, we, we really enjoyed the article, and I made an effort to actually contact the author. So uh, Barrett Johnson and his wife, Jennifer, we got them on the phone, and we interviewed them about that article, about the fact that it went viral. It did cause a stir, and uh, we have a little clip for you just to whet your appetite for what's coming up. Here's Barrett and Jennifer.
1: Um, But anyway, uh, it did resonate with a lot of people just because I think they saw there's a tendency for us to be legalistic as we raise our kids in a Christian home, and we're shocked to discover our kids don't really walk in uh, the grace of the gospel, and they just uh, are trained to be good Christian kids. Those two things can often be radically different. The Homeschooling IRL podcast is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. For more information on this podcast, to contact your hosts, or to connect with either of us on social media, visit our website and blog at homeschoolingirl.com.